All right, click or turn, if you would, please, to Acts chapter 14. We're in the New Testament, Acts chapter 14. I'd like to share a message entitled, Defeating Defeat. Defeating Defeat. (laughs) Defeating Defeat. How do we handle those times where we uh, feel defeated or discouraged or uh, very much down because of the circumstances that are around us, uh, because of what's happened to us? Uh, Maybe we have some expectations uh, that on, on other people that have not been realized. Uh, I am convinced that these are situations, which I've riled off here, that are important for us to learn how to process in a healthy way. And I will tell you that every single one of us, we're going to face moments of discouragement. And every single one of us, we're going to face moments where we feel a little bit defeated. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Trust me, this gets better, okay? So the question is, okay, what do I, what do, I do with that? Because I've seen some people, that, that they've, they've become discouraged, they feel defeated, and they feel like, well, I must be the one to blame. I must have messed everything up. I must be the one that is the cause of all this. And I will tell you that sometimes discouragement and defeat will come when we had nothing to do with it. Now, sometimes we can make a good mess of ourselves, right? But other times, that's just not the case. We're going to take a look at Paul and his partner Barnabas. They were preaching missionary traveling buddies And they're doing the work of the Lord, and they have quite an experience here that I think, before we're done, I think a lot of us can relate to here today. So if you're able to, would you be able to stand with me in honor of God's Word as we read this together? We're in Acts chapter 14. We're going to begin in verse 8, and we're going to go to verse 22. If you don't have a Bible... Uh, with you today. You can look on the screen, and I should have all the scriptures for us uh, that we're going to look at. Y'all ready? Say amen if you're there. Verse 8 starts this way. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, stand up on your feet. And at that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Great story so far, wouldn't you say? Okay, that's great. Say, oh, pastor, just stop there. Well, we're not going to stop there. Because look what takes place after this. You ready? When the crowd saw that what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes. That's Mercury, by the way, for those of you who are up on your Greek mythology trivia, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bowls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. 
how many of you can tell this isn't quite going the way that Paul intended? Okay. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and they rushed out into the crowd shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to, li- to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not let himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. But even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. It's crazy, isn't it? Keep reading. (laughs) Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and they won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. This isn't going well. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through your word today, and we trust you that you will do great things. We trust you, Lord Jesus, that you will, um, you'll speak to us through what we read and what we unpack here. And Lord, I pray that you would touch us in the mighty name of Jesus. We'll give you praise and glory and honor for what you do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Wow, what a story. We don't hear this story a lot when we talk about Paul, but this is pretty wild. And I cannot imagine what was going through Paul's mind in the midst of all this story and Barnabas, but we'll focus on Paul today. I wonder what was going through his mind. How discouraging. Because all Paul did was preach the good news and God used him to perform a miracle through him. That's it. That's it. And now people have reacted in such a way that it's like mind-blowing what he's going through. And now he is dealing with a full range of emotions. He has got to be dealing with some discouragement and feel a little bit defeated at times, I think. You might, you might be saying, oh, no, 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 no. This is Paul. Trust me. After about the third rock hit his head, okay, that's discouraging. So how do we, how do we deal? How do we deal with this? How do we deal with defeat? How do we defeat defeat? 
Let's take a look at what Paul and Barnabas dealt with on that day. In this story, I should say. Because I really have a feeling that, uh, although this, this story might seem a little bit, un, you know, way beyond or, or outside the box of what you might experience, trust me, I think there's some similarities here that you're going to be able to identify with. Let me show you what I mean. Number one, I want to talk about the timing of the defeat. The timing of defeat. Now, let's look at how this story began. It was pretty great. Paul is in a a place called Lystra, and he is preaching away. And look what the story says, starting in verse 8. Look what it says. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. Uh, He had been that way from birth and had never walked, never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and he called out, stand up on your feet. And at that, the man jumped up and began to walk. How many of you would agree that is a pretty good service? Okay, you're having a little church there. When, when, when you're experiencing that kind of stuff, when you're seeing God answer prayers, and when you're seeing God do miracles, and you see God responding to the preaching of the word, and I will say that this is what we want. We want God to move by his spirit, and we want God to change people's lives through his word. Can you say amen? But let's go to the backdrop of this story now. This story does not start with something bad. This story does not say Paul was arrogant and he sinned and this is what he got for it. Nowhere do we read that Paul did anything wrong. In fact, we read that Paul was used mightily by God. Some would say that this was a huge victory for Paul as he's preaching. A man who's never walked in his life, God heals him right there. But here's the thing, and I want you to get this. The timing of our biggest challenges often comes after our biggest victories. It wasn't like Paul was in a desert preaching to nobody. It's not like God wasn't using Paul. God used Paul mightily. Paul experienced something really great. He, he experienced a victory, but the events that followed afterwards, wow. And I'm speaking to people today that you have faced some times of discouragement. You have faced some times of defeat. And I want you to think back maybe to when those moments and when those circumstances and when those situations happened. Because for some of us, for some of us, maybe for many of us, some of the biggest setbacks that we've had have come on the heels of some of the best victories that we've ever experienced. So you've got to understand there's a spiritual battle going on for my soul and for your soul right now. No, hear me, no victory in heaven will go unchallenged by hell. 
Let me say that again. No victory in heaven will go unchallenged in hell. The devil will try to challenge our greatest victories. And for you, it might not be a matter of, of, of uh, you know, preaching a humdinger of a sermon and seeing God you know, heal people because you prayed for them. Maybe for you, it's just God answered a prayer for you. God came through for you. You had prayed for something, maybe your job or maybe your health or maybe your family or your home, but, but, but God answered a prayer for you. And then right after that answer, boom, discouragement, defeat. Maybe you've had a great experience on a, on a Sunday morning, for example, where God's word really spoke to you in a pretty profound way, maybe even more profoundly than what the preacher thought. And, and, and God just spoke to you in, a, in an amazing way. He changed your life. He touched you. Trust me when I tell you the enemy of your soul will try to challenge that. Maybe at a moment where you have had, uh, we talked recently about having a spiritual growth spurt. And so you've experienced one of those. You're reading God's word more consistently. You're getting into the word. You're, you're getting into God's presence personally on a consistent basis. You're praying on a regular basis. And you've made those kinds of improvements in your lives. And then all of a sudden, that happens. How do, you, how do you deal with that? See, because I've seen some people, and I'll get to this later, I've seen some people react so badly that they're not even in church now. Because we've never learned to process discouragement and defeat well at all. In fact, there's some bad theology out there that would suggest that you should never, ever, ever face a hard time because God makes everything better. And that's not correct. So how do we deal with these moments? Well, well let's, let's first of all learn to recognize some of these moments of defeat. We looked at the timing of defeat and discouragement, but let's look at the different types of defeat and discouragement that Paul experienced here. Now, I'm going to read verses 11 through 19. Again, pay attention closely because there are a lot of things taking place here that just are so wrong and they're so bad. Paul never would have dreamt that he would experience this simply for preaching the word and, and seeing a man healed in one of his services. Take a look at verse 11, and, and we'll go to verse 19. When the crowd saw that what Paul had done, they shouted in Laconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bowls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and they rushed out into the crowd shouting, friends, why are you doing this? 
We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. And even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. And then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. And they stoned Paul and they dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. How, from this story, I can can identify some types of defeat that I think are actually real common. Let me show you what I mean. First of all, we feel defeated when our expectations plummet. When our expectations plummet. We, uh, anybody ever have some high expectations of somebody and they didn't meet your expectations? Well, I... I run into that a lot as a pastor. Uh, sometimes people expect pastor to have a, a, a red cape and a big letter S on his chest and bounds or, or leaps over buildings in a single bound. And I just, uh, I can't do that. <laughs> Not anymore. But I, I, I got to believe as a preacher, as somebody who has prayed for people and then have seen them healed, I got to believe that when Paul saw all this transpire, where, where the lame man began walking, first thought was, all right, this is great. God's going to move here. Revival has come to Lystra. Not so much. These people, after hearing the good news and witnessing this miracle, these people took things a total different direction than Paul could have ever wanted them to. They thought that Paul was a god. They called him Mercury, Hermes, and they called Barnabas Zeus. That wasn't the plan. What is going on here? All I did, God, was obey you and try to be faithful to you. What is going on? You ever ask that question? God, all I did was try to obey you. All I tried to do was be faithful to you. All I tried to do was do everything that your word tells me to do. And now things around me are crazy. People trying to sacrifice a cow to me. At least make it a burger. Holy. That's a message Bible. Um, So, just crazy. Crazy. 
But it doesn't stop there. Not only were there some expectations that I think Paul had that probably plummeted, but there were some erratic people in this crowd. Did you catch verse 19? All right. These people are saying, hey, woo, you're a God. Yeah. And then some people from Antioch come and they win this entire crowd over. So they go from, yay, woo, yeah, here's a cow, woo, to now, let's kill him. Let's kill him. As painfully, as slowly as we can, let's kill him. Can I give you a little lesson? Sometimes the very people that pat you on the back the most will be very quick to kick you in the tush. Just a matter about two feet. Sometimes the people that you think are your biggest fans may end up become your biggest critics. Sometimes the people that you would think you could trust all of a sudden become untrustworthy. People that you thought you could have confidence in, they betray your confidence. People thought that you could uh, trust them and, and, and you thought they would never, ever go against you. Folks, I've had pastors do this to me. Where I've confided to them, it's just like, whoa, 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 hey, that's not Facebook worthy. Hello. And that could be really defeating. Now listen, it's one thing to have your expectations plummet and kind of shortened because you had some pretty high expectations about how God would do things in your life. But then couple that when you have high expectations on even God's people. You have high expectations on your family. You have high expectations on another individual who you thought you could be so confident in, and that is turned around on its head. This is why your confidence, and this is why your solid trust, and this is why your loyalty, listen to me, it cannot be towards an individual, it cannot be towards a pastor. It cannot be towards a preacher. It cannot be towards a political figure. Your loyalty has to be in Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe that people can be fickle, just go on Twitter. Read one year ago and now. Okay? Read how some politicians were uh, the fourth member of the Trinity. And now they're the Antichrist. Same person, same people posting. Why? People are fickle. People's moods and feelings change just like that. And folks, if your life is going to be governed by how people respond to you or treat you, I promise you that is the most miserable existence you could ever have. I am not telling you I'm apathetic towards what people think of me. Just really close. But... I'm, I'm 
Actually, I'm not joking. Uh, I, I, I've learned that the only person that I really care about pleasing is my Lord. That's who I want to please. I do everything for an audience of one. I'm not here today to entertain you. I don't do this because I want the acceptance of a... <laughs> I would not do this for the acceptance of other people. We have to keep our eyes on Christ. So our eyes cannot be on a preacher. Our eyes cannot be on Donald Trump. Our eyes cannot be on Joe Biden. Our eyes cannot be on some news figure. Our eyes cannot be on some televangelist. Your eyes have got to be fixed on Jesus. Because people are erratic. Doesn't believe it. I mean, I'll get to where we're there for each other. But when people mess up, we don't need to mess up with them. Next, I think it's already up there. How about when we experience pain? Okay, that is an oversimplification of what Paul went through in verse 19. Talk about pain. And there's different uh, commentaries that talk about the whole process of somebody uh, going through a, a execution by stoning. But typically, it, would, it, would, it wouldn't be like little, you know, little bits of gravel like what are on some of your driveways. You know, ew. I mean, we're talking big rocks. Big old rocks hurled at people, wanting to do damage. There's one commentator that says uh, uh, sometimes people would be buried like up to their shoulders and then they would just pummel them with rocks that way. I mean, this is cruel stuff. And Paul, this is one of the many times that Paul is stoned and left for dead. You want to talk about pain. And yet, you know what? Some of us are very defeated today because we've experienced pain. By other people, by circumstances, people have let us down. People have just flat out tried to hurt us. People have said things about us. Maybe not to our faces, because that's not what we do in 2021. (laughs) We post it online, and we're brave enough to hide behind the phone. But I digress And so there's pain there. There's pain. And that's defeating. Now, I've said that I don't really really put a lot of stock in what people think of me. I just want to please the Lord. But I'm going to flip that coin and just say when there are people that I love that are unkind to me, hurtful to me, oh, that's a kick in the gut. And I'm not so impervious to people's feelings to know that Sometimes those moments hurt, and that can be very defeating. So here's Paul. Everything that he did was right. He was faithful to God. People responded so poorly. His expectations out the window. Uh, People are acting crazy around him. One minute they think he's a God, the next minute they think he's a target. And ultimately, physically, emotionally, think of the pain that he went through. And the scripture said they dragged him out of the city and left him for dead. I could tell you from my, my years at Central Bible College 
Not one professor prepared me to be drugged out of the city gates and left for dead. Thankfully, that's never happened, at least not twice. <laughs> How defeating, honestly. How discouraging. I'm, I'm doing God's work. Here come the rocks. I'm obeying God. People around me are crazy. They're letting me down here. How do you defeat defeat? I'm glad you asked. Because I want to give you the triumph or defeat. We've seen the timing and we've seen the different types of defeat, but now I want you to look at the triumph, the victory. How do we defeat defeat? How do we win in these moments where we've been hurt and let down and discouraged? How do we do this? Because again, I will tell you, I will tell you, there are a lot of people that are not even close to Jesus today because they're still laying outside the city gate. And they could get up, but they haven't. So I got to before I read one scripture, and I'm almost done, but before I read the scripture, church, hear me. Those of you online, hear me. It's time to get up. Get up. Okay. Yes. Yes. You got hit by a bunch of rocks. Yes. You were mistreated. Yes. People were mean to you. I get it. It's not fun. It hurts, but you cannot stay outside the city gate. You cannot stay in the dirt laying down for dead like you're just some carcass. God has a bigger plan for you than that. You are not called to be a victim. You are not called to be a victim. That is not God's plan for you. It will never be God's plan for you. And I am not minimizing what you've been through. I am not minimizing what Paul went through here. But Paul's response to this, I think, is absolutely amazing. And I want you to read this with me. Look, starting in verse 20. After the disciples had gathered around him, that's a key phrase, by the way. He got up and he went back into the city. (laughs) He got up and went back to the city. You know, the people that had the rocks? There. Then, the next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. <laughs> I'm not sure where Barnabas ran to. I'd like to find that out someday when I get to heaven. But uh, he must have been, he should have been Mercury, because apparently he can run really fast. Uh, so they left for Derby. Verse 21, they preached the gospel in that city, And they won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through the many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Let me me give you, you may want to write these down or take a picture of the screen if it helps you. Let me give you what's needed for us to defeat defeat. Number one, we need the care of other Christians. We need the care of other Christians. Do you remember what we talked about last week, those of you who were here? I shared a message called, We're All in This Together. We're doing this church thing together. And it struck me when I was reading verse 20, when I was preparing for this, that 
It said, but after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up. Don't miss this. I think there was something profound about the disciples getting around Paul and Paul getting up. Some of you aren't catching this yet. You see, sometimes we have people in our church family, they're laying down in the dirt. They've been dragged out the city gates. They have been left for dead. Okay, here's what they don't need. They don't need a bunch of people gathering around saying, hmm, I wonder if he's going to die. I wonder if he's going to make it. What do you think? I don't think that's what was going on. I think the believers here, they gathered around Paul, and I got to believe, it's not recorded here, but I got to believe you heard things like this. Come on, Paul. I got you. Come on, Paul. I'm so sorry this has happened to you, Paul. I shouldn't. Sorry, Sue. I'm so sorry this has happened to you, Paul. Come on. Put your arm around me. Let's get back into the city. Let's go back where it's safe. At least with us, you'll be safe. See, that's, that's what this is. That's what church is. It's not us entertaining you for an hour and a half. Church is when we see the Pauls in our lives that have been drug out the city gates, and they're bleeding they're bruised. They still got the bruises from all the stones and the rocks that have hit them. We need a group of people that aren't gathered around saying, oh, you know what? If you had more faith, you wouldn't have gotten hurt. Oh, don't ever say that. So stupid. We need people to say, I'm so sorry. I can't even explain, but I'm here for you. We're not going to sit and watch him die. We're going to help him back up. Man, that's huge. I got to move on. Secondly, we need to have a courageous commitment. Not only do we need the care of other Christians, we need a courageous commitment to our faith in Jesus Christ. See, I'm blown away. <laughs> I'm blown away that in verse 20, Paul got up and he didn't like get an Uber and get out of there. Paul went back to the very place where the riot took place, where they were throwing stones at him. He went back to the very place that, that, that was the location of his biggest defeat. Because if we're going to live this thing out, we've got to do it with courage. If we're going to live this faith in God out, if we're serious about our faith in Jesus Christ, you're going to have to be brave. You're going to have to be brave. If you're afraid of somebody laughing at you, please. Come on. Come on, American church. We're, we're, be- we're better than that. We've got to be better than that. We... we- We need to have some courage to live this out because there will be animosity. 
We're in a culture right now that is very much against everything that we stand for. We are in a culture right now that is very against everything that the Bible has to say. So we have got to approach this not as a bunch of wimps, not as a bunch of cowards hiding from those big bad sinners. We have to be people of courage that are willing to live this thing out in a very dark world. I'm almost done. Thirdly, we've got to continue our calling. We've got to continue our calling. You know what Paul could have said? Because again, the verses say, the next day, he and Barnabas went to Derby, And they preached the gospel there. You catching this? And they won a large amount of people or uh, they won a large amount of disciples to the Lord. And then they returned to Lystra, where the rocks were, and Iconium and Antioch. By the way, remember those Jews that turned the crowd against Paul? Guess where they were from? Iconium and Antioch. So he went, he was courageous enough to go to the very places that would be the most adversarial against his walk with God. And this is why. He said, because my commitment to God is greater than my comfort. My commitment to God has got to be greater than my comfort. And so that means that we might have to uh, get up earlier, that we might actually have to take some time to do the work of the Lord. I can just tell you, the work of the Lord is not always going to be convenient for our schedules. The work of the Lord is not always going to be convenient for our pocketbooks. The work of the Lord is not always going to, <laughs> it's not always going to be easy. But we got to stay committed to that. And Ralph, if you can help me, the last, last thing, we, we, we got to count the cost. I, I have never closed a, a service with this verse to send you on your way. You ready? We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. God bless you. Bye-bye. That will not sell many t-shirts. But it's true. We've got to go through so many hardships. And, and, and what are we doing? We're counting the cost. Because here's what I've learned. You'll say, well, you know what? Following Jesus, it just, it costs me a lot of things. Yeah. Look at the screen. The value of serving Jesus is far greater than the cost. Look at that carefully. The value is greater than the cost. You ever get an amazing deal on something like online? It's like, wow. I got this new car for like 10 bucks. I might be oversimplifying here, but it cost you something, but the value, incredible. See, following Christ 
It may cost us our time, but the value of that expense is far greater. It might cost you some popularity. The very people that may sing your praises one day might want you stoned to death the next. But the value of serving Jesus, it's still greater. Still greater. It's greater than the discomfort. It's it's greater than the lack of popularity. it's, It's greater than people disagreeing with you online. It's greater than people turning their backs from you. It's greater than people shunning you. It's greater because the value of serving Jesus is always greater. Always greater than the cost. Always. So I don't know who among us or those watching us online might be experiencing a little discouragement or defeat. And today, you're outside the city gate. You feel beat up. You can't understand what's happened. You don't get it. You don't have an explanation. And that alone drives you crazy, let alone what happened to you. You're trying to overanalyze this thing and think, why? But what we need is a body of believers who will pick us up and dust us off. Say, I've got you. I know you're discouraged about this health situation. I got you. I know you're hurting. I'm not going to minimize it at all. I got you. I got you. But Paul... You can't just rely on the people around you. You got to get up. They didn't drag Paul back into the city. He got drug out, but he walked back. Ooh, he walked back in. Man, I'm going to say that again. He got drug out, but he walked back in. And he kept on serving God. And he kept on doing the work of Jesus Christ. Because Paul knew this. That whatever it cost him, the value of what he received from Jesus far outweighs anything, anything it could cost him. Paul, get up. Walk back into the city. God's got a plan for you. It won't be easy. Those disciples, okay, it's going to be hard. This isn't a, a cruise that we've signed up for. This is, this is rough seas that we're sailing here. But, but the value, oh, the value is greater than the cost. Can you say amen? Would you stand with me? This morning, I want to challenge you I'm not going to ask for a show of hands or anything because, again, there was no shame in what Paul went through, okay? Paul didn't do something wrong. But how discouraging, defeating it was for him to experience what he experienced. I say that to say that I want to make this altar area open to you to come and to pray. And if you're feeling discouraged today or defeated When I say amen, could I challenge you to walk from where you're at and just find a place to pray? And find a place to pray. And you might say, well, I'm good. 
I'm good. Okay, disciple. Then could you be one of those that could say, come on, Paul. I got you. Would you be one of those that, that will, you'll pray for somebody. You'll stand with them in prayer. You'll, you'll, you'll agree with them in prayer. I want to give you that opportunity. Some are already coming. And if you want to spend some time talking to the Lord today, I want you to do that. And when God's done with you and, he, and, and you're done with him, you can consider yourself dismissed. But this is our dismissal today. And so if you want to pray, do so. Let's seek God together. Jesus, I ask you right now, I come against defeat and I come against discouragement in this place. And God, there are some of us, we've done absolutely nothing wrong. But the circumstances around us have been so discouraging and so defeating and we can't figure this out. But God, I ask you, I ask you that you would help us to stand on our feet with the help of our brothers and sisters in Christ. God, that you would help us to stand and walk back to the city. God, that you would help us to walk in such a way that we are still serving you, that we're still working for you, that we're still doing the work of the Lord. God, I ask you that we would be reminded to count the cost of our walk with you. And Jesus, meet with everyone who seeks you today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to pray, do so right now. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you. Hallelujah.